Welcome to Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better, where I talk about my personal and my group coaching clients' experiences of healing our hearts, authentically falling in love with ourselves, and yes, finding someone better. I'm Claire the Heartbreak Coach. Let's take your love life and entire life to the next level. Hello, my loves. Welcome to episode 146, How to Trust Again. This is a big topic. I get this question a lot. And today I'm going to talk about trusting again in terms of trusting someone new. So there's so many different ways trust can be broken and rebuilt in so many different contexts, but I'm not going to dive in today about trusting someone who's already broken your trust. That's not to say trust can't be repairable, but I tend to work with women whose trust has already been broken. The relationship is done. We heal their hearts. We build themselves back up again, and then they go out to find their someone better. And lots of fear around their hearts getting broken, trust being broken comes up despite having healed their hearts, despite having built themselves back up again in the fall in love with you process that I teach both in my program and in my course. Both are called Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. Yes, same title as this podcast. This podcast is for all genders, races, religions, sexual orientations, heartbreak, finding love, falling in love with yourself. Those are all universal lessons for all humans. So I love having this platform to reach anyone and everyone with a beating heart who wants to heal and create their most epic love life. The course is also for anybody. You buy it and it's yours for life. It is available through December 31st. So this is my most affordable offer. It goes away December 31st. So this episode airs December 20th. You've got 11 days left. I'm also offering a three-month payment plan. And we have a bonus offer when you purchase this course by December 31st, end of day Pacific Standard Time. You will have access to five live group coaching calls with me. Those group coaching calls are for women only. So even still, the value of the course is insane. 60 videos on learning how to manage your mind. And especially in the fall in love with you section, it's like, of course, it's called stop wanting him back and find someone better. Insert whatever pronoun applies to you. Of course, I'm going to walk you through all the ways to heal your heart and find someone better. But in the fall in love with you section, we really look at many different aspects of your relationship with yourself, your relationship with money, your relationship with your health, your relationship with your body, uh, your thoughts about your level of success and what that looks like for you. We look at you finding your own purpose, your own reason to get up out of bed in the morning. We cover all of it in this course. So it's just a no-brainer, total steal. Get your hands on it ASAP. This month has also been a very busy month for my one-year group program. Again, same title, Stop Wanting Him Back and Find Someone Better. This is a little bit more, not a little bit more. It's a lot more in-depth. I offer three live group calls a week. Uh, all different times. We do uh, early morning in Pacific Standard Time, early late morning, early afternoon specific ta- specific standard. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna leave it in specific standard time. <laughs> 
Pacific Standard Time and then a late afternoon Pacific Standard Time. So we cover three different times each week. We've got so many clients in Europe. P.S. I just want to say a special shout out to all of my ladies in England who are applying to this program. We are just there's a big British contingency and we've got some Americans also in the group who are living in England. And it's just so much fun having women in this program all around the world. We've got Germany. We've got Sweden. We've got Italy. We have all over the United States. It's it's amazing. We have the Ukra- we have Ukraine. I always want to say the Ukraine, but the proper way is Ukraine. It's it's incredible. It's amazing. And I know that those are just such basic words to say. It's incredible and it's amazing, but it really is. And you'll also in this one year group program gain access to those 60 course videos and have something called ask a coach where you can write in and get your coaching question answered. I was about to say your coaching question coached. (laughs) Um, We're off to a great start here with with me being articulate today in this podcast episode, but I'm going to keep going. I got peer coached by someone regarding my podcast, and sometimes I am just a little too precious and too much of a perfectionist, and it will take me hours to record. And she said, well, what if you do trip over your words? And what if you own your tangents and trust that the right listeners will love you and appreciate all that you're offering and love the flubs? So I'm going to take that one and keep on going. Keep on trucking. So Yes, these are the two offers currently. The course goes away December 31st. If you are interested in delving much deeper into this coaching work, apply for my one-year group program. You can head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. I wanted to do this episode today because I was inspired by an application this past week for my one-year group program. And something that she said really stood out to me about why I think that she would be such a great fit for the program and how important it is whenever you're hiring any coach, even if you're currently thinking about hiring a coach, but you're not sure I'm the right coach for you, is really picking a coach you trust. One of the questions that I ask in my applications is, why do you think Claire is the right coach for you? It's not because I want to have my praises sang my praises sung. (laughs) It's because I want to know that you've done your research and that when you're investing a year of your life with me and a good chunk of change, money is all relative. To some people, it might be a drop in the bucket, but to I know a number of people in my program, the cost of my program isn't doesn't just come easily. It's not just pocket change. So if you're going to make this investment of your time and your money and your heart space and your energy, the most important thing you need outside of being willing to commit and make the investment of your time and energy and money is you need to trust me. You need to trust me as your coach. You need to trust the work. And if you're not sure that you're familiar with my work or you don't know about my work, you've got 146 episodes to listen to to figure out if I'm the right fit for you. So what I loved about what this applicant uh, for my program said in her application was that she, I'm now going to not perfectly quote her. So if she's listening, um, don't get mad at me because I'm not quoting perfectly. (laughs) But she said something about how 
She's not very good at taking criticism, but she knows that what she's doing in her love life isn't working. And she knows the things that she needs to do, but she's just not doing them. Can anyone relate? I for sure can. Even with my coaches, there are some certain times where I'm like, I'm just not doing it. And even a client in my group program already, she wrote in to ask a coach today and she said, I'm really resistant to doing thought work right now. I'm just in it and I'm feeling really stuck and I just don't want to do it. And I said, okay, so just be with your resistance and your stuckness. Like it happens to the best of us. I don't expect you to be a perfect student and show up for every single live call. P.S. If you don't make the live calls, you have access to all the recordings. Again, referring to my one-year group program. It's okay. This is a part of the process. You're a human, but you're, you're signing up for the program or whoever you want to work with because you want to create a result that you just aren't figuring out how to do on your own. And that is okay. But are you willing to listen to your coach and trust her? And I would say do majority of what she says. Believe me. I shouldn't be outing my clients right now. I know some of them are listening and laughing, thinking, oh, she's talking about me. My clients don't do everything I tell them to do, but it does become a problem when you don't do a majority of what I ask you to do, because then what's the point of making this investment into coaching? But what I loved was that she said, I will take the coaching and I will do what I need to do when I'm getting it from someone who I trust. And I just really loved that because I, for sure, sometimes I just cringe when my coaches tell me something that I don't want to hear. I actually just had a pretty intense one-on-one session with a client. I offer one-on-one sessions to a very select few. And it was a really tough conversation where I really lovingly called out what I was seeing and what I was hearing. And she was so coachable and so receptive to it. At one point I said, I'm going to say something and it might make you want to fire me as your coach. And she was like, bring it, say it. And I said it. And she was like, yeah, no, everything that you're saying is so right. It's like, I just verbalized the shit, Claire. And then you like pull it up out of me and can explain it in a much more succinct way what's actually going on. And in order to really have success with any coach, you really need to be open to hearing the thing that's hard to hear, taking it, and then going and making a change and doing something about it. So I felt really honored to hear her say that she trusts me, even from not having ever spoken to me, but just from listening to my podcast and picking up what I'm throwing down and appreciating that she can relate to me. And it just made me think a lot about the importance of trust. And then I realized, well, hello, I have not done an episode on trust alone. And I think it's an important one when it comes to our love lives. So you guys know I love a good Google definition, and so I decided to look up the word trustworthy, and it's pretty simple, able to be relied on as honest or truthful, able to be relied on as honest or truthful. Again, pretty simple definition, and I would just like to add to that in the context of 
thinking about trust when it comes to your love life, to your love life relationships, I think of trustworthy beyond trusting that they're faithful and honest, that they also have your back. That if someone was to throw your partner under the bus or criticize your partner, that even if you maybe agreed with what the person was saying, maybe it was another loved one, that you're not throwing them under the bus, that you have their back, that you can have an honest, fair conversation, that if if your partner was in the room, you wouldn't feel like what you said would have been hurtful to them. I think that's so important. And that's something that my partner, Larry, and I talk about a lot is just we always feel like we have the other person's back. And beyond that, too, I think about, you know, I've talked a lot about my relationship to my worth when it comes to my career and my unhealthy on and off relationship with money. I've healed so much of my money story, but then I realized in the last couple of months that I was running myself into the ground. And I've shared this a lot. So I so I appreciate your patience for me repeating myself, but I think that this is an important context in terms of trustworthiness. I realized that I was running myself into the ground and it came from this place of fear that like my business is just going to go to shit and I won't be able to support myself because my entire 20s and half of my 30s, I'm 40 now, was living as a struggling artist. Some, you know, years were really fruitful as an actor and some years were really, really tight. And there were times where I, you know, didn't know how I was going to pay my rent and had to ask for help from my parents, which was humbling in and of its own self. So now that I have a very successful business that really is beyond my wildest dreams, and if someone told me I'd be where I am, even four years ago, I would have thought, and I've made it, I've arrived. But what I always learned in coaching too is that once you have your ideal relationship, once you hit the success bar that you think means what what being successful is, or once you create that certain amount of money or you hit that health goal, your brain still keeps going and looking for the problem and looking for the other shoe to drop. And especially because I just, for and this is why I do what I do, not just for, you know, all of my 20s and half of my 30s, I was living my life as a struggling artist, but I was struggling in so many different areas of my life, which is why that fall in love with you section in both the course and the program is so, so important because I think there's so many ways we don't even realize how we're being unavailable to ourselves. And so some of you might be listening thinking, well, I have a great career and I'm totally comfortable financially and I don't stress about money. It will be something different for you maybe because I absolutely have clients in my program and of course my one-on-one clients who are very comfortable financially and have their careers figured out and maybe they already have the dream home and they already have the kids, but there's something going on in their unavailability to themselves that they keep attracting unavailable people or they keep hanging on to an unavailable person who they know is unavailable. There's something going on. And so uh, people love to argue with me that, no, I definitely love myself. I love myself. But there's something going on that is a sneaky blind spot that we need to figure out and uncover. And so part of being in a, a really solid relationship that's built on unconditional, unabashed trust is 
really being able to communicate about those things. So I find it, it's so funny as I'm talking right now, I find that there's like a tightness in my chest to be so vulnerable with you guys in certain moments that comes up for me. You'd think 146 episodes in, I'd be totally comfortable about the open book that I am. But sometimes it's like still feels uncomfortable. I think because I've next level uncovered this fear that I think it's all going to fall to shit. And I thought I had already totally figured out, but it's actually as things grow and get better that I think then my brain goes to, oh no, it's not going to work or, oh no, it's all going to fall to shit. And so bringing it back to the topic of trust is one day Larry said to me, I know we were like still just under a year of dating. It was his birthday weekend. It was his first birthday that we were celebrating together. And we were away in Laguna Beach and just having a heart to heart. And we were talking about our future and the dreams we have. And he said, one thing that I just love about you is that we have these really big dreams and they're the same dreams, but he is, you know, not a coach. He's a a partner in a law firm and, and does a very different line of work. And I obviously am a coach and we have these big ideas and dreams for what our future look like, all the while knowing we have plenty, but, you know, why not go for the dream home and all the things? And he said, one thing that I just so love about you, Claire, is that I feel like no matter what happens with me, you're always going to have my back. Like if everything, and he's not someone who worries that everything's going to fall to shit like me, but he was just pointing out that, you know, he knows like if everything fell apart in his career, that I would have his back. And I know that if everything fell apart in my career, he would have my back. And that I I think the reason why I started to feel a little tightness in my chest sharing that with you guys is that I'm still two years into this amazing relationship with the love of my life. I'm so certain we're going to grow old together. I pray to God that we are alive and healthy for for many, 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 many years to come. I look forward to even just being a crotchety old couple, but I think we're going to be cute (laughs) and hold hands on the beach like we still do today. But it's like still wrapping my brain around it being okay that Larry could have my back or that I would let him have my back in that way, meaning financially, if it had to come to that, if it came to that. I mean, we now know more than ever, right, with the pandemic. I mean, I was one of the fortunate people whose business just completely blew up for the better during COVID because people were forced to be at home and alone with their minds and alone with their dysfunctional relationships or alone with their singledom or alone with their heartbreak. So my business really took off. But you never know with some other big thing that we can't even imagine, maybe it ends up really hurting my business. Who knows, right? Like there are no guarantees anything's possible. Yes, our thoughts create our results. But this is a really long-winded discussion about what total trustworthiness looks like in a relationship. It's like, how, how many times do you hear, oh, his business fell to shit and his wife left him? You know, like I, like knowing that we are so solid, no matter how little we have, how much we have. Um, I've seen like there's one particular time I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty where both of us really kind of freaked out, not at each other. We freaked out on someone else who like really stepped on our toes and they caught us in a bad moment because we had been traveling all fucking day. And 
some really ugly things came out of my mouth and of his mouth. And I couldn't believe the things he said. And he couldn't believe the things I said. And and then we had like a mortified vulnerability hangover recovery and acknowledged that like the way we freaked out on that person wasn't okay. I mean, the person was a total asshole, but our reaction was like completely a byproduct of just traveling all day. It was a rental car place. Now I feel like I have to share it. They treated us like such shit. They made it so difficult for us to get our car. They like overcharged us on something. It was just, and we had missed a flight and it was like a fucking nightmare and we were starving and exhausted and it was just hell. And so we had horrible reactions to this person. And I mean, at the same time, the person was a total asshole, but probably, you know, you would be like horrified at Claire, the heartbreak coach. We all have our human moments and there I admitted it. But it was, again, one of those moments where I was like, that's probably like the nastiest I've ever seen you to a stranger and vice versa. And we were both like that behavior that we just exhibited was not okay. We forgave ourselves. It was like, again, hangry, missed a flight, all day travel. And then they were giving us a hard time about the rental car and making it difficult. And we just lost our shit. And again, it was one of those moments of just like, still love him, still have his back. And obviously, it's because I had never seen him behave like that. He had never seen me behave like that. We had been dating for a year and a half. And it's like when you're with someone for a lifetime, that's the plan. You're going to see those moments, those weak moments, those tense moments, those ugly moments, and still think like we've got each other and we weren't mad at the other person. And I'm I'm like laughing at it now because it was just... I mean, it was almost like an SNL. Like, I was so triggered by the way that the guy at the rental place was treating us. But the reaction, again, was, you know, I I have an episode called, Am I Being Dramatic or Are My Feelings Valid? 100% we were both being dramatic. (laughs) Our feelings were not valid for the level of the way we reacted. But again, it's just knowing that, wow, that was not your best. That was actually probably your worst. And you're still my guy. And I'm still his girl. Again, if that was a regular occurrence, this would not be the same thing. So just keeping in mind as you're sitting here and thinking about what trust means to you in a relationship, there you guys might be hearing the heat like freaking out in the back, but I'm going to keep going because it's pouring rain in Santa Barbara all night, all last night, all day today. And the power has been going on and off at different parts. And so I'm just going to keep going. So let's break it down. I know I've been chatting for a long time, but I just really want you to consider what trust looks like for you. It's not just he needs to be faithful to me. Like 100% being faithful in a relationship is a deal breaker. I mean, or, or a deal maker, right? If there's infidelity, that's a deal breaker for me. I've talked about this a lot. I have women in my program who have had affairs. I have women who are having affairs with married people. Like this is a judgment-free zone on the people who I coach because it's about their hearts and healing themselves. And I don't think cheating is a black and white issue. The only reason why for me in this relationship, it's for sure a black and white issue is because he and I are so connected. We are always talking about our relationship and connecting. I mean, no, we're not sitting there all day, every day, but it, you know, our conversation about our relationship and our commitment to each other, it's, it's so connected and it's so right that if at the same time he was also cheating on me, it would, it would have to be a deal breaker. I understand in other scenarios, I, I'm not a mom. I'm not 
a working mom and, you know, with someone for 20 years, that's like always the scenario that I think about where you can really fall asleep at the wheel and just be going through the motions and stop having sex. And then next thing you know, someone at work is just doing it for you. And I can see how it happens and I can see how it's repairable. But again, not a black and white issue. If you are struggling with that or you think, oh, I I can't join the program because I'm the one having the affair. No, if your heart is broken and you want to heal it and you want to clean your shit up and address the stuff, come to the program for sure. So I have nine steps, if you will. I try to do them in chronological order for things to consider in terms of how you want to trust again. I just wanted to really get into what trust looks like because I think we just say the word trust and don't really think about what it all means. I think it's a it's a huge fundamental core value that's necessary for a relationship and I totally get how hard it is to build that with someone, especially when your trust has been broken by someone who you loved in your past. So I'm going to dive right in. How to trust again. Number one, don't let the one or even five people who broke your trust make it mean that you can't trust again. I get it. I have been there. Listen to episode five, my heartbreak story. My heart was annihilated. I loved this person. He was going to be my husband, the father of my children. Oh, thank fucking God he is not. Hallelujah. (laughs) But the, the trust, the backstabbing, the cheating, the gaslighting, all of it. I mean, that was just one person who violated my trust and it took me over and I let it bleed into so many different relationships, even five years after the fact. I avoided dating for a couple of years just to stay safe and small. I attempted a few different healing modalities. And then I was like, fuck it, I guess I'll just start dating again. But I hadn't really done the healing work. And so I was petrified and then kept attracting unavailable people. So you might be listening and thinking, okay, yeah, no, I get it. But how do I do that? Well, join my program or sign up for my course. Step three in the stop wanting him back process is creating closure. Step one is cut contact. Step two is let your heart break. Step three is create closure. And that does not mean tapping the other person on the shoulder to get answers and have them explain themselves. It means, okay, this unfolded. How do I want to make peace with this so that I can move on and not let this dictate my future? So that's what I would recommend on how to do that. You cannot give, I mean, you can, but I would highly recommend that you don't give past relationships the power to dictate your future ones. Two, check yourself on your own level of trustworthiness towards others. Maybe you were faithful, but did you have your partners back? Now, after having listened to all the different ways that I talk about what my idea of what trustworthiness entails in a relationship, a solid relationship, and yes, I'm just using my own relationship as an example, but I see this with my clients who are creating amazing relationships, is really asking yourself, well, okay, maybe, maybe I think like the most common way that we think of trust being broken in a relationship is infidelity, but did you have 
your partner's back, if he was going to lose his job, were you still going to be there and support him when people were, 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 did you have his back when you were talking about him with your girlfriends? Were you critical of him? Just thinking of all the ways. This isn't, this doesn't mean, oh, I guess it was my fault. I guess I am a bad person. I don't want the, this, this inquiry to send you into a, spiral of judging yourself, but just really taking some time to get curious and do an inquiry on how trustworthy you've been in relationships, how well you've shown up. Now, I know a lot of my listeners and a lot of my clients, I attract the people who are just like me. You were that loyal, faithful, loving person. And you're nodding your head being like, no, I was, I was, I was okay, that's totally great. I just think it's an important thing to look into so that you can really just check yourself. How trustworthy have I been in my relationships? Number three, change your I was blindsided story. (laughs) I know many of us are blindsided, but every single time I start to unpack this with my clients, the clients who come to me and they say, he blindsided me by breaking my trust. When we really look back and look at the whole relationship, we look at how there were lots of signs that you chose to ignore or just didn't realize at the time. Again, this is not an invitation to spiral and judge and blame yourself. It's just that I do not know one client under my watch who comes out of the work that we do still believing that she was blindsided, even looking back. And other people who I know, it's like, oh, maybe it was shocking. But then when you look at the whole situation and you can assess from a clear headspace, it wasn't really that blindsiding. I guess in one way you could ask, well, what does it matter whether I was blindsided or not? I just think, again, it's these stories that we carry. Oh, this person blindsided me. And then you have this whole idea and this whole story about being blindsided. And you carry that when you're approaching dating again. And then you're trepidatious on who to trust because you're waiting for someone else to quote unquote blindside you. So I just think it's super important to change that story. Number four, Create clarity as to what your bigger lesson was with your trust breaker, i.e. your ex. It can feel like a real head scratcher when you're a loyal, honest partner and attract someone who isn't loyal and honest, but creating clarity as to what your bigger lesson was with that ex who broke your trust is super important. It's similar to step three about change your I was blindsided story. But separately from that, it's like, okay, well, he was dishonest. He was disloyal. I've already checked myself. I know that I was trustworthy on all the levels. Step two. So I have to create this clarity and peace and acceptance as to why I attracted this person. I share this all the time about my rock bottom ex. Again, revert back to episode five. My heartbreak story, we can link it up in the show notes. You know, I was very faithful and loving and loyal and wanted all the things with him and meant every word that I said. But I really did abandon myself and my own needs in that relationship. One thing I know for sure, as I can reflect back very clearly now, 10 years later, was we were both struggling artists. And 
I supported him and not, I didn't support him financially, but I mean, I supported his artistic endeavors. I, I supported him as an actor and obviously he did. I can give him that credit. He of course supported me as an actress, but I knew I didn't want to struggle for the rest of my life. I knew marriage and family were really important to me. And not that struggling artists can't be married and can't have families, but I didn't want that for my children. I didn't want that for my future. I didn't want that for my home life. So I, it's not that I thought, well, one day both one of us or both of us has to give up our acting careers, but you know, at some point we were going to have to figure out other options to support ourselves besides he was bartending and, you know, I had been building my yoga teaching business, but I got it off the ground. But again, it was still just like a struggle story with money. And that just wasn't really okay with me, but I kind of went along with it and never really vocalized that to him and just kept a lot of things to myself because I didn't want to hurt him or upset him. But when I look back, like, no, his behavior was not okay. All the gaslighting, the cheating, the lies, the oh, all the manipulative ways, the way he backstabbed me, none of it was okay. But if I really take an honest reflection and look back, the truth is we weren't right for each other. And I was really, I was crazy about him and I was very attracted to him and I was in love with him for sure. But we were not compatible partners. And I was not really addressing the issues that needed to be addressed. And I was just sort of brushing a lot under the rug. I also kept addressing my gut, saying something wasn't right and addressing the shady signs. But I let myself believe his lies. I knew his lies didn't make sense. I knew his story constantly kept changing. I knew it was strange that I never knew where he was a lot of the time or trusted that he said where he was going was the real place or who he was with was really who he was with, right? Like those were the ways that I was abandoning myself. I was like hanging on to him making things right for us. And so that really gave me clarity that I'm never, as I move forward, going to be in a relationship with someone where, and by the way, I didn't have that clarity at the time, but as for sure, before I was looking for Larry, when I was looking for Larry, not knowing his exact existence, but believing my person out there existed was I wasn't going to like have some pretend like some lifestyle that I pretended I was okay about when I really wasn't. And I think that that also goes to, well, I wanted to have his back and I wanted to support him. I liked this idea. And at the same time, you can be someone who's supportive and also know the way that you want to live your life and how you want to create a family. So hopefully that that makes sense to be able to differentiate that. Okay. So just to backtrack, one, don't let the one or even five people who broke your trust make it mean that you can't trust. And you do that by creating closure on those past relationships. Two, check yourself on your own level of trustworthiness in past relationships. Three, change your I was blindsided story. Like you weren't. Like take, and I say this with love, take the drama out of this I was blindsided. This was the most devastating thing because that is only going to have the drama continue into future relationships. I don't say drama. I had a client who was triggered by that word, and I heard another coach talking about how she understands that mind drama is a triggering word. 
drama is not triggering for me because uh, I'm an actor and I know I can be dramatic and I can own when I'm being dramatic and I can also own when my feelings are valid. And at the same time, I just I I like that word just so I don't mean it that you're being dramatic and your feelings aren't real and that you weren't shocked and devastated at the time. I'm not calling that drama. I'm just you guys know what I mean, that it's like we can create a lot. It's like this blindsided story. And notice how I'm delivering blindsided in a very dramatic way. Right. It 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 makes it more painful and I think it allows the story to live on and then bleed into future dating situations. Another re- and recap on step four, create clarity as to what your biggest lesson was with that person who broke your trust. So yeah, he broke your trust. But what was it about you staying in that relationship and what was your part in it? So then you'll have more clarity about when you're going to show up or the way you're going to show up in future relationships. Number five, make a conscious intention to look for a trustworthy partner. Make a conscious intention to look for a trustworthy partner. Make trust a really big deal in who you're looking for. Set that intention instead of, oh my God, I'm so scared. Someone's going to break my heart and not be reliable or trustworthy. What if it's like, I'm looking for someone who is trustworthy and a a reliable human who's honest and wants the same things that I want and who will let me have his back in the same way that I will let him have my back and who wants to be a fucking power couple and not worry an iota if we have to be two weeks apart. Like you just innately trust this person. Like trust is so important to me. I'm a trustworthy person. And for sure, I'm looking for someone who I can trust. I mean, it sounds very basic, but I just think this is the beauty of coaching. It's like we don't even realize how unconscious we're being and unintentional we're being when we're searching for our person. We're just so focused on the fear-based thoughts and not focused on, but wait, but okay, so that didn't work. And now... I know what didn't work about me. I know what, what didn't work in past relationships about them. And so now I'm very clear. Trust is a big deal. And that's going to be something that I'm going to look out for and pay attention to with my next partner. Six, pay attention to what you ignored the last time, whether it was your gut or shady behavior when you date again. Pay attention to what you ignored the last time, whether it was your gut or shady behavior when you date again. So this is, again, connected to the change your I was blindsided story. It's like if you just took that out and you really unpacked the whole relationship, there were definitely signs or your gut was saying something and you chose to ignore it. Not an invitation to spiral and judge and shame and blame yourself, but just like, oh, I see that those were things that now show me that he wasn't trustworthy. And so when I date again, I'm going to make sure, and it's not looking for the red flags. Like you're not like looking to put fires out, but it's like, if I start to feel this way again, or if I clock some of the similar behaviors again, I'm going to not ignore those. Seven, talk to your new partner about trust and the importance of it. How do they respond? What's the importance of trust to them? So The topic of trust was really important to Larry and I. 
we have been in relationships where trust has been broken and we're so clear. He's also a six on the Enneagram. The Enneagram is this amazing personality. I don't even know. Like it's this, just look it up, you guys. The Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. But there are nine different personality types. Larry and I are the same. We're number six. It's the loyalist and it's just who the man is. And he is a lawyer, as I mentioned earlier, and he is all about justice, the importance of justice, the importance of what's right and wrong, and the importance of honesty. It's really important to him that his kids are honest, good people. And we both made it very clear, probably on date one, the importance of trust and honesty. And you can tell, you guys, you can tell if it's important to the other person. You can tell what's important to anyone when you're talking to them. You can tell what's important to me and what isn't important to me. Sometimes Larry, I mean, this is just like a running joke with us, but he like really cares about these new bike paths being built around Santa Barbara. And he's just very excited about it. And there's just tons of construction going on on a big street that connects my apartment to his neighborhood. And I mean, if he could talk to someone, uh, like if he could talk to one of the construction workers, I swear to God, it would like make, as my mother would say, all of his Christmases come together. He sometimes, and I just give him so much shit. I'm like, this is not interesting. This is boring. What are you talking about? And I tease him, but I love how much he gets into it. But also he knows I could give two shits about the bike path. Like, you know, when people care about what you're saying or don't care about what you're saying. Now, of course, when he's telling me about things that are like really important, like his job or his kids, I'm not like, I don't care. But, you know, you can even just tell when someone's like, oh, tell me about yourself on a date. And then if you start to talk and if it's like they're glazed over or they're easily distracted, it's like they don't really care. It's very easy to tell if someone really cares about trust or not. But again, it's not just talking about it. It's obviously seeing if their actions line up with their words. So not only expressing how important trust is to you, but also asking them what they think about trust and how important it is, is it to them and hear what they have to say about it. Number eight, we've got two more. When the inevitable fear comes up around trust, and if you're partner isn't trustworthy, do an honest, deep self-inquiry before looking for them to give you security. I say this especially in the beginning of a relationship because, first of all, maybe you're not exclusive yet. Maybe you're not official yet. And so they really don't owe you faithfulness. They don't owe you anything. I mean, of course, you just hope when you're getting to know someone that they're just an honest human. But if you're suspecting that something's going on and you're, it's not official yet, then you've really got to check yourself and make sure that if you're triggered, is this a trigger you can take care of or is this something that you want to bring to the other person? I highly recommend doing that kind of self-inquiry through the coaching work that I teach, through thought work, and really doing the work with someone who knows you well and can help coach you through it to see if this is something you want to bring to the other person's attention or not. 
And then nine, let's say a circumstance arises that's triggering and makes you question your new partner's loyalty and honesty, move through the trigger first before flying off the handle. (laughs) I say this from personal experience. Move through the trigger first before flying off the handle. I've definitely had some moments where I questioned Larry and his loyalty and his honesty. Definitely four months into the relationship. And even on our year anniversary, I had this weird feeling. I've shared it on this podcast. I was driving down to his house because I forgot to give him the card I wanted to give him for our anniversary. And I had this thought of, holy shit, I'm showing up to his house for the first time since we've dated unannounced because he always knows when I was coming over when he doesn't have the kids. And then when he does have the kids, it would always be a time where he knew I would never show up in the beginning of our relationship unannounced with him and the kids. So I was like, this is so weird. This is the first time I'm showing up to his house. And I just had this feeling of he could totally like have someone over and not think that I was coming over. It was just this weird. It wasn't a feeling. It was a thought that created a sinking feeling. And I just like went into his house and had the card and he was just there, like not showered with work spread around everywhere. And I was like, hi. And he was like, well, this is a nice surprise. And I gave him the card and he hugged me so tight and I just started crying. And I was just honest with him. And I said, you're going to think I'm crazy, but this is the thought that I had when I was coming down to see you. It was the first time, you know, I'd ever shown up unannounced and he just held me and he was just like, I would never do that to me. You can always come to my home. You know, you're always welcome here. And it was just like a beautiful moment. But I offer that to you guys, having been a year into the relationship, right? That like, I didn't say, are you cheating on me? I thought you were cheating on me. I bet you could. And you have your own flexible schedule and you can be anywhere, anytime, because he doesn't really have this like nine to five schedule. He can work from home, sometimes in the office, sometimes he's at a hearing or a trial or meeting up with clients, right? And it's like, we don't check in and give each other the play-by-play of our days and where we're going to be and who we're going to see. And it's like really and truly just having that honest, like, right? Like that's building trust too. Just being like, I have to be honest with you. I had this thought about you, right? Like that, that involves a trustworthy relationship of being real with where your head is at. Like not, oh my God, I can't tell him that because then he's going to think I don't trust him or he's going to think I'm insecure and needy and that like I'm needing him. I wasn't asking him for reassurance. I was like, Hey, I just had this thought and it made me so sad. And then you're just here and you're just open arms and telling me I'm welcome anytime. And it's just hard still. It's like hard at that point in time, one year in after having not been in a relationship for nine years after my rock bottom relationship with a total narcissistic sociopath, it's like really fucking scary to open your heart up again, which is why I have this very long episode for you today. It isn't easy. And the last thing that I want to say, I know those were nine very wordy steps for you. At the end of the day, there are no guarantees. At the end of the day, it does come down to a little bit of blind faith, a little bit. Like I choose to just trust Larry with my whole heart and it gets easier and easier and easier two years in and feeling like we just fall more and more and more in love and we continue to have the hard conversations and we continue to fight at times and 
really learn. Like I was just thinking the other day about how every time we have a fight, which really and truly is few and far between, we are always better and stronger afterwards. And we communicate much different if the same thing comes up again, right? Because it's like, we're just habitual humans and we have the ways that we operate. And then we come together and we're learning about each other and how to effectively communicate and be a unit together. And we also are adjusting to me coming into him and his family of four kids. And it it can be a lot for all of us to adjust to. And it's like every hard conversation or even the conversations that weren't as, you know, ideal for Claire, the heartbreak coach to want to have all the time. There's always amazing growth afterwards. And from that trust is built that I can effectively say, Hey, this is what bothers me. This is what I need. Right. And he can say the same to me. And then the next time something similar happens, we come together in a much better place. And and that's how trust is built. So I think that's how the trust continues to grow and feel more and more solid. But I always say there are no guarantees, but I think these nine steps, I'm going to run through them again because maybe you're driving or you're walking and you don't have a pen. One, don't let past relationships who broke your trust make it mean you can't trust. Two, check yourself on your own level of trustworthiness. Do an inner do an inner inquiry. Yeah, that that works. On you, if you're really thinking I need someone else to be trustworthy, how are you showing up and being trustworthy not only to other people or your past relationships and unpacking those? How are you trusting yourself? 3. Change your I was blindsided story. 4. Create clarity as to what your bigger lesson was with that person who broke your trust, especially if you were giving the trust back. 5. Make a conscious intention to look for a trustworthy partner. Six, pay attention to what you ignored the last time, whether it was your gut or shady behavior on his end, when you date again. Clock it and deal with it head on instead of handling it the way you did the last time. Seven, talk to your new partner about trust and the importance of it. Observe how they respond to you emphasizing the importance of that trust and ask them what's the importance of trust to them. You will be able to tell. And then of course you have to see, do those words line up with their actions? Eight, when the inevitable fear comes up, do an honest, deep self-inquiry before looking for him to give you security, especially when you're newly dating. Maybe you're not official yet, really doing the honest work on you. And then nine, if you are more official and a circumstance arises that is triggering and makes you question his loyalty and honesty, move through the trigger first before flying off the handle and then go have a conversation. Be honest, be raw, be real. Just always making sure that you're checking yourself first and not making your trust issues his problem. It's not his job to make you feel secure. It is your job for you to make you feel secure and grow with this person and get to know this person and see how they show up, see if their words are lining up with their actions, express the importance of trust to you, and you will figure it out. But no matter what, this is why, again, I love the fall in love with you work in my one-year program and in my course. 
learning how to have your back. I would fucking be devastated a million pieces on the floor if I discovered that Larry didn't love me anymore or he cheated on me or something just changed about him and we weren't the same. It would be absolutely horrific, but I would survive. I th- I like, even as I say it, I'm like, would I, would I, ah, it's so hard for me to think of it not being that way. But I also just think again, I mean, I have to laugh because step, uh, which one was it? Step three about being blindsided. I would truly be blindsided, but I think that that's the point because I am so certain that he is my person. So I hope that this helped you get a little more good and ready to put your heart out there again. Trust yourself and know that you've got you no matter what. And if your worst case scenario happens, you will get through it and you will learn from it and you will be stronger for it. And you will get back on the horse and find the next person. Because if you want love and you want to share your life with someone truly amazing, you get to have that. Your thoughts create your results. Your past people who have fucked you over, broken your trust, don't get to take over the rest of your life so that you can choose to stay safe and small and alone. And I don't think being alone means you're small, but just I mean it as like staying small because it's safer for you instead of going big. I know there are certain people I'm thinking of someone I know who's just like, I am totally fine alone. And I'm like, okay, there are very few people out there. But I think most of us, especially if you're listening to this podcast, you want to go big. You want to open your heart. You want to have an epic love story. You want to wake up with all the giddy feels and have that combination of security and certainty about your person. And all of that is possible for you when you show up to do the work. So much love, my loves. Head on over to clairetheheartbreakcoach.com. 11 days left to buy my course and join me for five live bonus group calls the first week of February when you purchase this course. You'll get immediate access to all of the links to register for the calls. So get on it. Treat yourself to a healed whole and madly in love heart for the holidays. Lots of love. Bye. My love. Are you ready to stop wanting him back and find someone better? Then head on over to ClaireTheHeartbreakCoach.com and sign up for my one-year group coaching program. I can't wait to put a stop to your broken heart and get a start on your happily ever after. 